Talk Radio. Thank you for what you did three years ago today. Since that day, more than 1,200 people have been charged for their assault on the Capitol. Nearly 900 of them have been convicted or pled guilty. Collectively, to date, they have been sentenced to more than 840 years in prison. When I said how many agents or assets of the government were present on January 5th and January 6th and agitating in the crowd to go into the Capitol and how many went into the Capitol, can you answer that now? I don't know the answer to that question. You've had two years to find out. And the day, by the way, that was in reference to Ray Epps. And yesterday you indicted him. Isn't that a wonderful coincidence on a misdemeanor? Meanwhile, you're sending grandmas to prison. You're putting people away for 20 years for merely filming. Some people weren't even there. You've got all the goods on him, 10 videos, and it's an and it's an indictment for a misdemeanor? The American public isn't buying it. Three years later, the tide of tyranny is turning. January 6th defendants like Jake Lang have taken their case to the Supreme Court, where tyranny should no longer have a foothold. Jake, you are overdue for a trial now by well over a thousand days. The Sixth Amendment guarantees the rights of criminal defendants, including the right to a public trial without unnecessary delay. What has been said by the prosecution or your defense team regarding your Sixth Amendment rights? Uh, Myself and all the January Sixers, John, have been completely denied our constitutional rights. Um, The right to due process has been just absolutely it's devastated. They have withheld exculpatory evidence, evidence that will help exonerate you from the Jan Sixers. They've elongated my trial out um, to September 9th of 2024. That would be three years and nine months of political prisoner held hostage by Joe Biden's corrupt Department of Justice and the FBI Gestapo. Um, and they have even obfuscated the nature of the people who are accusing me of doing crimes against them only supplying their first and last initial of their name and uh, not giving any sworn witness testimonies um, or any hospital records or reports from any alleged injuries. They've done this to me and 1,250 other January 6th persecuted American patriots that have been charged criminally from January 6th. The Jan Sixers look like we're going to be getting a huge wave of relief where the potential uh, to overturn the 1512 obstruction of Congress, 20-year maximum felony. 330 Jan Sixers, including myself, have been charged with it, and Donald Trump. And so if the Supreme Court steps in and drops this charge, what we're going to see is hundreds of January Sixers who are currently behind bars are going to be given basically a huge jail spring that same day because this is the blanket political charge. It's been weaponized and over broadly applied to uh, force people into plea deals and to give people elongated prison sentences. And so if this charge gets dropped, uh, hundreds of Jan Sixers will go free that same day. And uh, it'll be, a, I mean, a massive day of vindication for the January 6th community and our family members that miss us very much. And in the case of Jeremy Brown, a retired U.S. Army Special Forces Master Sergeant, the impulsive setup of our nation's defenders in the name of tyranny is finally seeing the light of day. They claim that they found classified documents related to an, to a soldier held in Afghanistan. Is that correct? Right. That document that they actually charged and convicted me of, I actually left 
out for them to find. So that document that they actually convicted of me, they didn't even indict me on that document until after my original trial date had already passed. They did not want that document exposed, which is why I left it there to be exposed because that document is not classified. That document I typed myself on my own personal computer. Joe Biden and his handlers have demonstrated without a shadow of a doubt that they are the very antithesis of the American Republic for which it stands. An important note when it comes to our prosecutions about those who remained outside the building. We have used our prosecutorial discretion to primarily focus on those who entered the building are those who engaged in violent or corrupt conduct on Capitol grounds. But if a person knowingly entered the restricted area without authorization, they had already committed a federal crime. 2024 is the year the J6 political prisoners will be freed. John. You are listening to an Infowars.com frontline report. If you are receiving this transmission, you are the resistance. From deep in the heart of FEMA Region 6, Austin, Texas, transmitting worldwide, it's Alex Jones. All right, something very positive has happened, not just here, but around the world. We're 301 days, 12 hours, 53 minutes, 30 seconds out from this year's major election, general election. It's Monday, January 8th, 2024. I'm your host, Alex Jones. All right, this is going to be a particularly important transmission. All the broadcasts are always extremely important. I know of, and I've printed up the reports on it, of at least 10 major global groups led by top pathologists, top virologists, top statisticians, you name it, insurance company, rock star, top of the industry, actuarialist. And the numbers are 100% clear. Conservatives, 17.5 million killed by the shots and counting. High estimate, 23-plus million. Now, Dennis Rancourt is a doctor and an, an expert with multiple degrees in physics, PhD in physics from University of Toronto, statistician research. That's what he's an expert in. And he mainly devotes his work previous to this to mortality rates. And, and obviously, people like, Dennis Rancourt and others you know, work for on the side, not just as professors, but for major corporations, insurance companies, you name it. They need to know these real numbers. And working with an international team of other scientists, they have come up with a conclusive report that I have right here with public data on the 17 plus million dead that anybody can verify for yourself. Now, you overlay that with the New Zealand whistleblower, we're going to be getting back on very, very soon, who is the only country, the only person who was over all the databases, one person in that country, of the mortality, who's died, and a database of who's taken the shots, 
Because for each person that took the shot, and it was 99% Pfizer in that country, most nations it was a mix, a Moderna, J&J, AstraZeneca, and, 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 and Pfizer, he was able to overlay the government database on who took the shots and when because money is paid for each shot that's given to Pfizer through the government account with who died and all the other statistics overlaid with it and was able to come up with numbers that match the analysis of the public numbers done by Dr. Dennis Rancourt and others. And I'm going to be getting Ed Dowd on back this week. I'm going to try to get him to get some of the big insurance company whistleblowers that he told us about two years ago that went public in the last year and a half. They've had congressional hearings, but it's gotten almost no coverage. They've had hearings at the state houses. This is a big, big deal. And as I said, just from memory, I was able to pull up 10 different groups of scientists and consortiums who have come to the same conclusion. And this isn't a conclusion like, oh, we think cigarette smoking is correlated to cancer. That's proven. It's known. But maybe you're a smoker. Maybe it didn't give you the lung cancer. Maybe it was because you also were doing asbestos removal. It's hard to pin it down. But when you have the highest mortality rate since they started keeping numbers before World War I worldwide, the biggest continued spikes bigger than major wars, exactly when the first shots are rolled out, exactly when the next booster comes out and the next booster and the next booster. It's to the day. Shots begin, death goes up, goes back down. But it goes up like you're going up a larger mountain range. Goes up, next time you take a shot, because of all the autoimmune issues it causes and the toxins in it, as scientists and doctors on my show predicted what happened, then goes up even more. And it creates a higher baseline in between the mountains. But then as you see low uptake of the fifth or sixth booster, depending on where you are, the new mountain is much smaller because people aren't taking it. This is conclusive. And I'm giving you those terms in lay, lay terms. We'll have him on with us for two hours today so he can go through all the graphs, the statistics, the numbers, everything. This will be streaming out on X. It is streaming out on X right now. It's streaming out at Infowars.com forward slash show. It's streaming out on the front page. Everybody wants to save lives, expose the criminals, stop the next pandemic they're openly planning that's going to be much worse in their own words to ram through the UN treaty that doesn't just take over your body or the country's medical systems, the new versions of it that are being written by the White House, that's they admit is right in the UN treaty, the Biden administration, the Obama administration, takes control of all transportation, energy, food, calls for arresting people that disagree with the new lockdowns and locking them up. We've already seen Canada, Australia, New Zealand start that, and Germany. And so this is all in the new treaty, and we're going to be we're printing off the latest version of it and, and articles about it uh, right now. We'll be going over that in the second and third hour w- with you. But also very respected Brett Weinstein, the biologist, who's a big liberal, but, 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 but admits the left is now cancer and is taking over. He has come out 
on Tucker Carlson did an excellent breakdown of this. And I played it last night saying the latest version of the UN treaty run by BlackRock and the big corporations, the WEF, is literally so horrible, you cannot overstate how bad it is. It allows them to round up, arrest anybody they don't want out speaking. It allows total censorship. They're getting ready for the next pandemic to bring in world government. That's Brett Weinstein, famous liberal, so respected by the left, now out of conscience coming out and saying, this is insane. And because he understands this is existential against everybody. This, this, this makes Hitler look tame in comparison, okay? So they're announcing through Fauci and the WEF and Tedros and Bill Gates, all of them, oh, a new, more deadly virus is coming, and oh, we've got all the shots already ready, and the EU's announced they're going to have fast-tracked mRNA for everything now, tie it to your ESG, tie it to your social credit score, and, and arrest you if you don't take whatever new shots they want with no testing. We're going to skip this break coming up. That is all in there. And, and, and Brett Weinstein goes over all of it with the documents with Tucker Carlson. So this is a total takeover. And I want to explain to you again, they're gearing up to do it again. A whole bunch of cities around the country, I've got the articles right here, over last week, Places in Missouri, California, all over, just announced, hey, everybody's got to wear masks in government buildings. Everybody's got to wear masks in schools. Everybody's got to wear masks everywhere. So I told you that was coming. They're, 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 they're trying it. And even Tucker kind of disagreed with me. He's like, oh, come on. The, 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 you know, the, 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 they're going to try the virus thing right away. I mean, it blew up their face. They don't care. And this time, from what they've been saying, and I've been watching them, and I know their moves, but this is speculation. I believe they're going to release something where the virus itself is way, way worse, okay? So that you really do get scared to stay in your house and then go out and get the next shot. And, and, and I don't know if the next one's going to be the big one. They, they've got stuff that kills over half the people come in contact with it. They got weaponized mousepox and, and uh, a bunch of other stuff that... And, and airborne Ebola, oh, they got it all. So if they think they can get away with it, if they think they can contain it, as the, the, the people during the emergency and have us accept this new way of life, not leaving our houses, being prisoners, having to be authorized to even go to the grocery store. Yavalno Harari says that's the goal. The London Guardian says that's the goal. They all say that's the goal, is climate lockdowns. And, and Harari says this was good training, this was good preparation for the new world we're going to live in where you're locked in your house for the good of the earth. Well, if you're locked in your house, the supply chain breaks down, the third world completely starves to death, and we, we collapse as well. I, and then they're telling you it's climate change that's going to collapse civilization in the next six years. And that everything's going to be hell on earth by 2030 because you're bad while they cut off the fertilizer, while they cut off the food, while they shut down the third world and then inject them into the first world, and while they start all these wars. So they are completely going for broke. So I want to play a clip of Dennis Rancourt, Brett Weinstein, uh, Texas Senate hearing from a year and a half ago. And this is in the literature, but it's the senator talking about it and the state official testifying that the animals died in the mRNA test of a SARS virus. Now, I've told you this 500 times, at least. I've, I probably did 15 shows on it. 
But I'm going to dig it all back out and do it again. Chapel Hill, North Carolina did it. University of Texas, Galveston did it. A bunch of others, but they led it under a national initiative of Obama in 2014-15, and it became a national scandal because it's airborne SARS-COVID. And when it's totally illegal gain of function. And when they gave it to the rats, it cut their life expectancies in half on average and killed a large percentage in just the first week. Because again, rats are very similar to us in their, in their physiology. What kills a rat kills a human. We're not similar to birds or other things, but we're similar to pigs, apes, monkeys, and rodents. That's why they test on rodents. And they have a quicker life cycle than us so you can find out so a human lives 75 years a rat lives or a mouse lives four or five years they can give it to them and did you hear what i just said it cut their life expectancy in half so you're going to be living to be 37 years old killed by comanche that's on gravestones but half of them are below the age of 10 little jesse little jenny it's dead kids. Now, you go to a modern cemetery, go around there. You don't see a bunch of little kids. It's almost all people that live 75, 80 years. See? But, but I'm, I'm going down a rabbit trail here. That doesn't matter. The life expectancy is going straight down, ladies and gentlemen. Straight down. In the old days, there was all sorts of old timers. Well, that lady's 103, and that man's 97, still smoking cigars and drinking whiskey. And there were old folks just all over the place. My great-grandmother lived to be 103. The point is, is that that's not happening now. Statistically, it's going straight down. So I'm done ranting. I want to play a short little compilation here that is so important. And then I'm going to come back and go through all this news, setting up the big interview in the second and third hour. I'm also going to hit some other global news and... Jan 6 news and open border news and the impeachment of Mayorkas. Thank God that started and so much more. But first, here are these important clips. We calculate the toxicity of the vaccine for all ages. And the number allows us, given the number of doses that have been given worldwide, to conclude that 17 million people would have been killed by this vaccine. You can actually see when there's a rollout of a booster, for example, which happens very quickly in time for a given age group, you can actually see immediately following it the, a, a maximum in the all-cause mortality. So an excess mortality actual peak that's temporally associated with that rollout. And we see that repeatedly for each rollout. Consistently across all countries. All the countries that have sufficient data where you're able to look at it and you have both the vaccine data and the mortality data, this is what we see. When you look at uh, all-cause mortality, you see that deaths are increasing in the, in the winter and decreasing in the summer. And it's the opposite in the southern hemisphere. Their summer is our winter, so in the summer you should have low death. But during the COVID vaccine campaign, suddenly you see spikes in mortality right after uh, vaccine uh, campaigns. And it's very clear because it's in the summer where you should see a low death period. Especially in the boosters, like for the southern boosters, like the, you have a peak. You know, across the boosters, we roll out basically everywhere at the same time around the world. And in the southern hemisphere, it's a trough, as Jeremy just explained. So we should have a trough. But then you have an actual winter peak, actual booster peak, and another winter peak. Yes. So that's everywhere in all the 
17 countries we yes. worked out. Uh, where data is good in the southern hemisphere, we saw that picture. And something you never saw before. Exactly. Um, there was uh, a press. I was recently at a conference uh, in Romania on the COVID crisis. And so there was a lot of work trying to unpack what we actually understand. And I saw a credible estimate of something like 17 million deaths globally from this technology. So 17 million deaths from the COVID vax? Well, when, you know, when you scale up to billions, uh, it's not hard to reach a number like that with a technology this dangerous. Now, to your deeper question, I think let's steel man. So just for perspective, I mean, that's like the death toll of a global war. Yes, absolutely. It is, this is a, a, a great tragedy of history. So that proportion. Um, and amazingly, there is no way in which it's over. I mean, we are still apparently recommending these things for healthy children. Never stood any chance of getting any benefit from them. Every chance of suffering harms that are uh, not only serious, but tragic on the basis that children have long lives ahead of them. If you ruin a, a child's immune system uh, in youth, they have to spend the rest of their presumably shortened life in that state. So never made any sense that we were giving this to kids in the first place. The fact that we're still doing it when the emergency, to the extent there even was one, is clearly over. And... Um, when there's never been any proper justification of administering it to healthy kids. It just, you know, healthy kids don't die of COVID. Um, and the shot doesn't prevent you from catching or transmitting it. So there was, there was just literally no justification you could come up with. We're undergoing a soft coup. And the idea is to create a whole new set of laws and ignore the existing human rights laws and other laws under the pretext of pandemic preparedness and the biosecurity agenda. The WHO is developing through all its nations, but with the WHO directorate in the United States in charge, a pandemic treaty and amendments to the existing international health regulations that will remove the human rights protections currently um, embedded in the IHRs, will enforce surveillance, censorship, get rid of freedom of speech, require governments to censor and only push a single narrative. Also, we will be sub subject, if, if they can make this work, to vaccines developed in 100 days, which the organization CEPI is planning to do. And one of the people who founded CEPI was Jeremy Farrar, who is now the chief scientist at the WHO to bring this forward. Um, other things that, uh, that amendments do is to bind the state so they're no longer recommendations but enforceable edicts, uh, provide a liability shield, get rid of intellectual property rights, move supplies from one country to another, um, enforce digital passports, and the director general of WHO can demand that a pandemic or a potential pandemic exists. He can just declare it with no standards, and then countries around the world will have to obey. 
Uh, also, the WHO will tell you what drugs you can and can't use in your nation once a pandemic is declared. Obviously, the budget will increase. Um, One Health is another part of this. One Health is a concept that was created to enable the WHO, with these documents, to take over jurisdiction of everything in the world by saying that climate change, animals, plants, water systems, ecosystems are all central to health. Also embedded in this concept is a peculiar notion that humans are no longer of greater value than animals. And have you seen any other vaccine that was put out for the public that skipped the animal test? Never before, skipped. especially for children. And as I've, what I've read, they actually started the animal test, and because the animals were dying, they stopped the test. Correct. Folks, I think that's important to understand there, that, that what we're talking about is the American people are now the guinea pigs. This is the test program that's going on. They, they didn't do the human testing, and they stopped the animal test because the animals were dying. And then they turned it out for the public. And we are now looking at businesses that want to mandate that this experimental vaccine be given to people as a condition of their employment. And yet we have this death count that continues to rise and be totally ignored. That's the Senate chairman of the medical committee. Yeah, this is real, folks. This is going on. And the the U.N. treaty is going through along with all the other garbage. We've got to stop it. They're getting ready to launch a new attack. We'll be right back. Stay with us. 29 years on air. All I've wanted to do was warn the people about the globalist. And I've done the best job I can to tell the truth and been accurate. And we are on record as the most accurate there are. And I've tried to sell products to fund ourselves. Unlike other communist revolutionaries that rob banks and kidnap people, we don't do that. We try to bring you products that really work. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm scared of this product. It's so powerful. This is the breakdown product after your cells process it of folic acid, methylfolate with high quality organic complex this stuff is rocket fuel it's not a stimulant it energizes your cells and then everything else you take just supercharges it it's so insane it's foundational energy the strongest formula out there at infowarsstore.com it doesn't just energize this operation against the tyrants it energizes you get foundational energy now You're listening to The Alex Jones Show. We've got it. Waging war on corruption. All right, you are go. It's Alex Jones coming to you live from the front lines right, of the info war. listeners daily millions tuning in and if you're a new listener 
when you're hearing this information, I want to be 100% clear with you. I am not trying to make you depressed. I am not trying to scare you and make you hopeless. It's the opposite. If we lived in some village, say in Central Europe, 2,500 years ago, and we were hunter-gatherers, and one of the hunters was 10 miles away hunting deer and saw a big band encamped of an enemy tribe in their battle formations marching towards our village, I would come back and say, we've got to get out of here or we've got to stand and fight. It'd be much worse to have them come pouring out of the hills a few days later and you don't know you're about to have all the men killed and the women and children taken as slaves. That's how the world worked almost everywhere until civilization developed in a few places. That's an oversimplification. So I'm here telling you what's going on. I'm showing you the decisions have been made to depopulate us. Whether it's Bill Gates or whether it's Klaus Schwab or whether it's King Charles or whether it's any of these people, Yuval Noah Harari, they all say humans are obsolete. We don't need humans. The future is not human. We need to get rid of the majority of the humans. That's taught everywhere. That is the death cult. Now, a lot of our regular listeners are like, Jones, we knew this before we ever tuned into your show. Why do you keep repeating it? Because this show isn't about entertainment. It's an emergency beacon. So because you're awake, that's great. Let's wake other people up. But we're here to explain to the new giant masses of people that have been able to get to the truth because Elon Musk has put it on the line to put me on air. And now they're really coming after him. Well, we got that in the news. We've got to use every day that we're on X and not take it for granted to reach tens of millions, not just millions. Because here's the bottom line. We are winning. The consensus of scientists around the world and medical doctors and all the top talk show hosts, whether it's Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, Alex Jones, Russell Brand, the list goes on and on, is now that this is a planetary world government depopulation operation by a death cult. Everybody's calling it death cult. And they won't be able to pull this off if a large enough group of people understand what's happening because the globalists will know we're not going to follow the orders to lock down. We're not going to follow the orders to take the shots. We know what they did, and they will have to back down because they know pushing it will bring it to a head, and they will get defeated. So here's the bottom line. A consensus is formed. Almost all of the former top liberal intellectuals, the most respected out there, the Brett Weinsteins of the world, aren't just saying the shots didn't work and were a lie. They're saying it's a UN world government corporate takeover with a cashless society to enslave everyone and depopulate you because that is the plan. And I've been in meetings, and I'm not going to say with who, in different parts of the country, in person, and via Skype, with large groups of top scientists and billionaires. Years ago, 
understanding this during the first year of the attack and coming to the consensus decision that we would just go ahead and risk our lives and tell the truth, believing we could stop it because we knew that if they got phase one, the beta test through, and it worked, they're going to hit us with subsequent attacks that are much bigger and then take our rights, take our freedoms, lock us down, poison us as they tighten the noose around our neck. But their initial attack of the last four years had success up front, but then blew up in their face thanks to this audience. It was this broadcast, not me, the guest, the callers, the scientists, the doctors, but we were the focal point that were willing to get it all up front to to a big audience and then were able to convince scientists and others who hadn't been investigating to investigate. And when they investigated, they did excellent jobs confirming it and even took the knowledge of the enemy attack to the next level. So they're not just evil people in the universe. There are a lot of good people. And I can tell you there's factions in the government. And the bad faction is in control of the executive positions almost everywhere. That's why they're blackmailing and attacking Republicans in the House to make them resign so they can get control of it that way. So this is a very close fight, all right? But if we lose, we're dead. So I do not enjoy messing with these killers. I do not enjoy being the tip of the spear. I do not enjoy them having 24-7 grand juries that they're trying to get to indict me, and by the grace of God, they've not even been able to have their grand juries do it. They've tried. If I have to go to prison or be killed, that's fine, because they're going to kill everybody if we don't do this. So the good news is we've now reached an acceleration point where, and I've talked a lot about this, where now... There are so many members of the European Parliament, so many members of the UK Parliament, so many members of the Canadian Parliament, so many members of the Australian and Italian, it just goes on and on, parliaments, that now the dominant force is in the populist movement, which is now the largest single force in the world. The globals have all the money, but not the people. We are now the majority, and we've reached tipping point. So understand, as bad as this news is, as horrible as this news is, now top intellectuals, top scientists all over the place have reached a consensus of the full horror, and that was the enemy's one real power, not the censorship and not the control and not the dinosaur media that's discredited, but that what they were doing was so horrible and so diabolical that people just couldn't come to grips with the fact that it's a coordinated plan. But as Brett Weinstein says, I'm about to play the clip, he goes, it's basically impossible to overstate how bad this is. He says, I, I, I cannot believe this. It's in all the documents. They're actually doing it. Yeah. And then I have... All these old clips and new clips, he's out again. The spokesperson of the WEF, Yuval Noah Harari, is literally saying, you're you're obsolete, you're useless, we're going to get rid of you, Uh, this virus is great to teach you that, this is your new way of life, 
I have a bunch of other clips of WEF leaders and IMF and World Bank leaders saying the same thing. You know, we thought we might have to nudge the population and give them the stick instead of the carrot. But now we're going to give them the club. And Bill Gates is giggling and laughing and saying, oh, the next pandemic's going to get your attention. <laughs> it's going to get children. <laughs> he laughs. It's so much fun. You're actually watching a psychopath rub his hands together on TV programs everywhere, just drooling over what he's going to do. He's like a child kidnapper that grabs some little girl out of the backyard and ties her up and throws her in the trunk, and he's driving out to his... I'm going to skip the break, guys. So, I... um... I am... I'm just telling you, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have to admit the facts. And and I'm not talking to the general audience. I'm talking to all the new listeners out there that tune into this and they think this is scary. This is wild. And this guy really looks aggressive and mean. Well, I'm the type of person that when I am faced with this stuff, I get angry. Men go to sports games and when their team's losing, they yell and scream and throw beer at each other and get upset and, and are depressed for a week. I don't give a damn about that. But that male energy to get upset and want to win a baseball game or a football game where you see the coach you know, screaming at his players to fire up and win the game, that is all a facsimile of the instincts you have that when you're under attack that you get motivated to get out of the attack. Now, I want to show you something. This is this is the working UN treaty, okay? Let me go on over this next hour. And you need to understand what's in this. This takes full control of everything in your life. Transportation, the borders, your military. Our military is under UN control, under a treaty with the UN. Trump pulled out of it. Biden re-signed it. That's what this is. So if you think the crisis of the open borders is bad, This is the U.N. over everything. And this is the White House, the U.N., the House of Commons. This is all the different governments signing on to it. They've got the bills in Congress to sign on to it. World Health Organization, Pandemic Treaty, Implementation. Even mainstream news. Draft Pandemic Treaty fails to protect rights. Uh, Yeah, so they can just disappear you, even for your speech. So we're going to be going over all of that, ladies and gentlemen, today. But I'm just begging everyone, whether you're listening on talk radio or infowars.com forward slash show or on Real Alex Jones on X to take this now and repost it. And now they're spending 80% of their little paycheck on food. They're going to starve to death. They are turning the electricity off, turning the pipelines off, turning the fertilizer off. They're turning the human food off. They're turning the machine's food off. They're turning the plant's food off. They're administratively turning the infrastructure of civilization off. Now you know why I'm panicking. There's 8 billion people. 
And the UN says, because of global warming, brace for unrest and war and billions coming into your countries. It's them opening the borders, starving them, not letting them have jobs, and then bringing them here. It's all them doing it. It's part of the replacement migration plan. This is modern war. The UN is not going to come in blue helmets. They come through the medical program and control our military now. They control the bureaucrats, the NGOs, and the bosses. They control the buses, the trains, the highways, the airports. They control the border under treaty. We're in a UN coup. We're in a global coup. And whether it's Brett Weinstein or members of the EU parliament or all these other intellectuals that are reading the documents, they now say exactly what I say because that's what the documents say. And yeah, that's pretty wild, isn't it? They're establishing a worldwide planetary dictatorship to carry out the orderly extermination of seven and a half billion people. The public target number of King Charles and the rest of this trash and, and all of them, we got countless clips at Davos, is 500 million. The richest people in the world sit around on international television talking about world government and cutting us down to 500 million. And then the ADL's got the nerve when I talk about it to call me a Nazi. Now here's biologist, very respected journalist, researcher, Brett Weinstein with Tucker Carlson talking about the UN Treaty. What happened was it turned out that a number of us were willing to make mistakes and correct them in real time, to talk about this in plain English with the public, um, to do so, you know, in Joe Rogan's man cave. And the fact is people listened because, of course, this was on everybody's mind and what they were supposed to do to protect, you know, they've been terrified and they, what to do to protect your family's health was a question that everybody wanted to know the answer to. So our ability to reach millions of people surprised those who thought they were just going to shove this narrative down our throats. And this gets me to the, the WHO, the World Health Organization, and its pandemic preparedness uh, plan modifications. What I believe is going on is the World Health Organization is now revising the structures that allowed the dissidents to upend the narrative, and they are looking for a rematch, I think. Um, what they want are the measures that would have allowed them to silence the podcasters, to mandate uh, various things internationally in a way that would um, prevent the emergence of a control group that would allow us to see harms clearly. Um, so. That's the reason that I think people, as much as they want to move on from thinking about COVID, maybe stop thinking about COVID, but do start thinking about what has taken place with respect to medicine, with respect to public health, with respect to pharma, and ask yourself the question, given what you now know, would you want to relive a pandemic like the COVID pandemic without the tools that allowed you to ultimately, in the end, see clearly that it didn't make sense to take another one of these shots or to have your kids take them, right? We want those tools. In fact, we need them. And um, something is quietly moving just out of sight in order that we will not have access to them the next uh, time we face a serious emergency. So you're saying that an international health organization could just end the First Amendment in the United States? Yes, and in fact... Um, as much as this sounds, I know that it sounds preposterous, but 
It does not sound preposterous. (laughs) The ability to do it is currently under discussion at the international level. And it's almost impossible to exaggerate how troubling what is being discussed is. In fact, I think it is fair to say that we are in the middle of a coup, that we are actually facing the elimination of our national and our personal sovereignty, and that that is the purpose of what is being constructed, that it has been um, written in such a way that you are, your eyes are supposed to glaze over That's right. as you attempt to sort out what is, it, uh, what is under discussion. And if you do that, then come May of this year, your nation is almost certain to sign on to an agreement that in some utterly vaguely described future circumstance, a public health emergency, which the director general of the World Health Organization has total liberty to define in any way that he sees fit. In other words, nothing prevents um, climate change from being declared a public health emergency that would trigger the provisions of these modifications. And in the case that some emergency or some uh, pretense of an emergency shows up, the provisions that would kick in are um, beyond jaw-dropping. We haven't probably played the clip in a year. His name's uh, Ryan. He's the head of the global, Dr. Ryan, global emergency UN response force, and that is troops. And he says he's a... He's Irish. We've got a big Irish accent. He's like, we're going to go into the houses. I can't really do an Irish accent. We're going to take the children and take the families. And and the documents have come out. They're going to arrest people. They've admitted it. They disagree with them. So when Brett Weinstein's saying they could do this, they've said we're doing a climate emergency. This is for a climate emergency. I already played the Harari clip last night. I've got more clips of it today. I'll get to it next hour. But this is going on. And they've got the ESGs and the Central Bank Digital Currency Treaties at the UN. The EU's already announced it, rolled it out last week. They're doing it. It's here. We're in 2024. And they say we're going to be in a total dystopia in 2030. You're already there. So Brett's being conservative. They actually say, and I can play the clips here. We played them. Just type in Bill Gates says next pandemic will be much worse. Fauci says next pandemic will be much worse. Tedros says next pandemic will be much worse. New pandemic about to happen. Yeah, here's Dr. Michael J. Ryan, Executive Director of the World Health Emergencies Program, World Health Organization. We'll play that clip next hour. That's him three years ago drooling about we're going to come in your house and grab your children and break up your families. They built these damn huge camps everywhere. They're the martial law camps, but the cover is a medical emergency. It's a UN worldwide coup. You just heard members of the EU parliament say it's a coup. You, I could play you senators from Australia saying it's a coup. Where's our Congress? Because it's the Biden administration that's running the UN treaty. Just type in. Biden's former head of COVID response, COVID czar, running ratification of world pandemic treaty. <clears throat> there it is. The next pandemic, even deadlier than COVID, is coming. WHO, New York Post. I mean... <laughs> We've got to focus on this. And, and so many people told me, you're wrong. 
They're not going to try to bring back a new virus. It blew up in their face. Well, they're making all the preparations to do it, and they know they're losing, and this is what they prepared for, and I'm telling you, they're planning to pull the trigger unless we have a absolute explosion of peaceful resistance and understanding, which we're doing. The clock's ticking. We're going to go to break, come back with Dr. Dennis Rancourt. Uh, please remember that we're funded by you, not by the globalist. And we plus, we have incredible products you need. Everyone needs to go to InfoWarsStore.com. It's the New Year special. Tomorrow, the, it's over. The, the, the store-wide free shipping, the double Patriot points, up to 60% off some of the products because we've already sold out of five or six of our great products. The others are very close. We will continue this on sale, though, because it's a new product that just came in, but it's selling out, and it'll be gone within a week and a half. I wish we would have ordered more of it. It is Next Level Foundational Energy. It is methylfolate, or the breakdown that the cells make of folic acid. And, and this isn't a stimulant, but you'll think you drank five cups of coffee, but, but without any letdown and, and without jitters, because it's not artificial stimulant. It's pure energy out of your cells, and it cleans your cells out. And, and the B-complex, this organic B-complex we have, and it supercharges it. This is top formula. This is all the rage. This is one of the best formulas out there. This is, methylfolate's hot, folks. been hot for years. But we've got a great one, and it funds the info war. You want to get it. Foundational energy, next level foundational energy, infowarstore.com. Also, everybody's really ordering Winter Sun. That's smart. High-quality D3, take it out of the tongue. Almost all viral replication is caused by lack of D3. You want to get winter sun because in the winter you're not producing as much D3. Take it out of the tongue. Tastes great naturally. It's, uh, D3 tastes good naturally. Uh, so does our uh, Ultra 12, high-quality B12. Take it out of the tongue. They're all massively discounted. Infowarstore.com. It's your last chance to get most of these products with free shipping at these low prices. Infowarstore.com or 888-253-3139. Hour number two straight ahead. 29 years on air, all I've wanted to do was warn the people about the globalist. And I've done the best job I can to tell the truth and been accurate, and we are on record as the most accurate there are. And I've tried to sell products to fund ourselves. Unlike other communist revolutionaries that rob banks and kidnap people, we don't do that. We try to bring you products that really work. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm scared of this product. It's so powerful. This is the breakdown product after your cells process it of folic acid, methylfolate with high quality organic B complex. This stuff is rocket fuel. It's not a stimulant, it energizes your cells, and then everything else you take just supercharges it. It's so insane. It's foundational energy, the strongest formula out there at InfoWarsStore.com. It doesn't just energize this operation against the tyrants, it energizes you. Get foundational energy now. Front lines of the information war. It's Alex Jones. We're at hour number two, Monday, January 8th, 2024. Dr. Dennis Rancourt is joining us on the other side of the special report by Greg Reese on satellite images. 
of Epstein Island. Stay with us, everybody you know, and those you don't know, tune in now. A viral video making the rounds has utilized Google Earth's history tool to show what appears to be mass graves on Epstein's Island that were dug shortly after his arrest in 2006. In September of 2002, in the center of the island, Google Earth shows that there was nothing but a bare mound of Earth. In March of 2005, the Palm Beach, Florida police began investigating Epstein after a mother reported that he sexually abused her 14-year-old daughter. In July of 2006, Epstein was arrested by the Palm Beach Police Department on state felony charges of procuring a minor for prostitution. Hours later, he was released on a $3,000 bond. A few months later, in November of 2006, Google Earth shows that the previously bare mound has what appears to be mass graves freshly buried on top of it. During this time, Palm Beach County State Attorney Barry Christcher is accused of giving Epstein special treatment, and the FBI begin an investigation. In 2007, federal prosecutors prepare an indictment against Epstein, which is held up in the courts for a year. In June of 2008, Epstein pleads guilty to one count of soliciting prostitution and one count of soliciting prostitution from a minor. He is sentenced to 18 months in jail with a secret arrangement with the U.S. Attorney's Office to not be prosecuted for federal crimes. Epstein serves most of his sentence in a work release program that allows him to leave jail during the day. In July of 2009, Epstein is released from jail. One month later in August, Google Earth shows that what appeared to be mass graves on the mound have been covered over. In 2013, construction begins on the mound gravesite. By 2017, construction of what appears to be a tennis court is completed. Drone footage shows that the elevation in Google Earth is off. The newly built tennis court is on a flat plain surrounded by a dirt berm. By January of 2018, Google Earth shows that the tennis court has been raised and the earth beneath appears to have been excavated. In November of 2018, the Miami Herald begins publishing a series of articles about the Epstein case, which inspires public interest. In July of 2019, Epstein is charged on federal sex trafficking charges. One month later, the FBI raid the island. During this time, Google Earth shows cloud cover obscuring the view of the mound. On August 10th of 2019, Epstein is reported to have committed suicide in his New York City federal jail cell. The next available image is a month later, in September of 2019, and shows that the area on the mound is being used as a parking lot for commercial vehicles. The area is cleared by 2020 and has remained so until today. In a recent video, corporate media propagandist Megyn Kelly claims that we may be hearing from Jeffrey Epstein himself this year. We're not done with Jeffrey Epstein. I can tell you that for a fact. can't tell you how I know, but I can tell you for a fact we're going to hear a lot more about Jeffrey Epstein in the coming year. Uh, and you may be even hearing from him directly. More on that as I'm allowed to tell you. While most believe that Epstein was murdered, many believe that he is still alive, claiming that images of his alleged corpse appear to be a different person, 
that the shape of his nose and ears were different. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Looks like they were pulling bodies out of that hill and then built over it. But yeah, the word is they were killing kids there. Uh, this is this is unbelievable. All right, we're going to come back with a massive deep dive on the 17 million killed directly connected to the... From the front lines of the information war, it's Alex Jones. We're about to do a deep investigation in the next two hours with Dr. Dennis Rancourt. We'll tell you all about him in a moment, but here is a brief boil down of the findings he and his international team have found that mirrors other major investigative groups around the world using hard data from the death certificates and the death numbers around the planet. You calculate the toxicity of the vaccine for all ages, and the number allows us, given the number of doses that have been given worldwide, to conclude that 17 million people would have been killed by this vaccine. You can actually see when there's a rollout of a booster, for example, which happens very quickly in time for a given age group, you can actually see immediately following it a a, a maximum in the all-cause mortality. So an excess mortality actual peak that's temporally associated with that rollout. We see that repeatedly for each rollout. Consistently across all countries. All the countries that have sufficient data where you're able to look at it and you have both the vaccine data and the mortality data, this is what we see. When you look at uh, all-cause mortality, you see that deaths are increasing in the, in the winter and decreasing in the summer. And it's the opposite in the southern hemisphere. Their summer is our winter, so in the summer you should have low death. But during the COVID vaccine campaign, suddenly you see spikes in mortality right after uh, vaccine uh, campaigns. And it's very clear because it's in the summer where you should see a low death period. Especially in the boosters, like for the southern hemispheres, like the yeah. peak, you know, across the boosters will roll out basically everywhere at the same time around the world. And in the southern hemisphere, it's a trough, as Jeremy just explained. So we should have a trough, but then you have an actual winter peak, actual booster peak, and another winter peak. Yes. So everywhere in all the 17 countries we yes. worked out, uh, where data is good in the southern hemisphere, we saw that peak. And something you never saw before. Exactly. All right, we're putting his links, his reports out, uh, their studies, at Real Alex Jones on Twitter and InfoWars.com. Get them, spread them. Everything uh, is uh, really going viral now. They did this presentation months ago, but it's uh, just now exploding. Thanks to Brett Weinstein exposing it on Tucker Carlson's broadcast. I know of at least 10 major groups that have had similar findings. You've heard them here on the show. Medical groups, insurance company groups, stock market groups. That, that, that are live by numbers, and some of the best numbers we know are mortality numbers. There's nothing more conclusive than being dead. Uh, and so you see the spikes, as we just showed, beginning right when the shots and boosters happen. And I don't need to be a pathologist to know you shoot somebody in the head with a gun, they fall over and die. The gun did it. Well, now we have the scientists and folks to explain exactly what was in the gun and why it did kill them. Uh, so Dennis Rancourt holds a BSc and MSc degrees in physics and PhD in physics from the University of Toronto. He was a National Science and Engineering Research Council, NSERC of Canada's international postdoctoral candidate in National Science Laboratories in France and in the Netherlands. 
Uh, he then became a national NSERC University Research Fellow at the NSERC-URF in Canada and a lead researcher and professor at the University of Ottawa for 23 years, where he attended the highest academic rank of tenured full professor. He is a interdisciplinary research scientist and has published over 100 articles in peer-reviewed science journals in many different areas of science. He is presently co-director of the research and nonprofit Correlation Research in the Public Interest, correlation-canada.org. You'll find him on X uh, at Dennis Rancourt. And again, as I said, correlation-canada.org. This is going to go super viral. We already have conservatively 4 million people tuned in right now just on our streams and talk radio, millions more on X. So a lot of folks have followed your work. Others haven't. So I think you're the expert on this, wherever you want to start and begin. And over the next uh, hour and 50 minutes, we've got a few breaks to take, but I'm going to try my best uh, to give you the floor, at least in the first hour. Then I've got a lot of things I'd like to point out and uh, questions I'd like to have. But thank you so much, doctor, for joining us. And thank you for your work. It's my great pleasure. I, I really enjoy your work, and I've followed you since your early days as a journalist, and I really appreciate what you're doing for the world and for people around the world. Um, well, listen, all-cause mortality means just counting deaths, as you mentioned. It is the hardest data you can have, and it's data that nations collect very, very dependably. Uh, they actually are interested in counting deaths and knowing uh, who died, when they died, what age they were, and so on. So this is uh, extremely well tabulated. Deaths and births are the best statistics you can get from a nation or from a state or from a province, uh, any jurisdiction. So we study that data, and we've been studying it for a long time. The first paper we wrote uh, describing the, the features of this kind of data was back on the 2nd of June, 2020. So we've been doing this for a long time. We've written over 30 large scientific reports about this kind of stuff, uh, very detailed reports. So basically, all-cause mortality is measured as a function of time, so by day, by week, by month, by year, and so on, in any jurisdiction that you like that provides the data. And you can do it by by sex, uh, and by age of the individual, and so on, as a function of time. And what you see in that data is quite remarkable. You see every phenomenon that can cause death in a society. You directly see it. So you can see, and I've showed this data in my presentations, but you can see uh, large bumps of death in young men when there's a a major war, like the Second World War. You can see uh, an excess death in men during the Vietnam War in the United States. You can see the Great Depression. You can see the Dust Bowl, these huge economic collapses. These are the kinds of uh, phenomena that you can see in all-cause mortality. Um, It it has a seasonal variation. There's always uh, many more deaths in the winter than in the summer. This phenomenon is not completely understood, I would argue. And it's reversed in the southern hemisphere because their summer is during our winter and so on. So the, it, 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 the, the high deaths occur in their winter, so our summer in the southern hemisphere. And uh, it's, it's, we've been measuring this data for more than 100 years now. Uh, it's really uh, well displayed by nations and people have been studying it. And so the kinds of things you can see are uh, heat waves, for example, in northern latitude countries. An intense heat wave will kill people for about a week uh, in in places that are not used to getting such intense heat waves. An earthquake that crushes people in buildings, you'll see a spike that'll occur 
in one or two days, there'll be all these deaths, extra deaths due to that uh, killing by the earthquake. Uh, these are the kinds of phenomena that you can pick up easily in all-cause mortality data. And what's really important is that the CDC claimed pandemics of the past. Um, and, and, and Dr., here's probably well, a good point for me to interrupt because I forgot to say this to you because we didn't talk before you came on. You sent us your slideshow. So when, whenever yes. you're ready, you're, you're going to kind of be the host here because I want you to lead this. Whenever you're ready, uh, give them a few seconds. They'll, they'll follow with slides when you're ready. So, so you just call for what you oh, want. Okay. Well, um, I didn't. I didn't really plan to show them in in sequence because that would be too much. Like uh, like like a pre- well, okay, we we no we no that's show, okay that's okay. Um, we'll, we'll try our best to find out of the hundreds of slides which ones you want when and and, and we should also <laughs> well, add pe- we, people can go to your website and, and find it all right there as well. Yes, of course. Yes. Uh, well, we could show slide six, for example, um, from that from what I sent you, and um, if. That's It'll take a moment, but, but just, I, I was just letting you know the slides are there. Please continue. Okay, okay. Well, the the point is the the, the main yeah slide six is a good illustration of all cause mortality uh, since 1900 in the U.S. Uh, for men and for women together. So you can see the bumps related to war and the Great Depression and so on. 1918 was a huge event. It's called the Spanish Flu, but it shouldn't be called that because it, it I. It's now proven scientifically that it was not a viral respiratory disease. In fact, what killed people was uh, bacterial pneumonia. This is before antibiotics were invented at a time when people were just surviving uh, the First World War and uh, were in, living in horrible conditions with their families and so on. And you know it wasn't viral. It didn't kill anyone over 50 years of age. It absolutely only killed young adults and children and so on. And it was all, uh, we know from the pathology now, from the preserved lung tissue, that it was all bacterial pneumonia that, that was the, the real killer here. So this was, this was co-opted to be a viral respiratory disease by the CDC, and it wasn't that at all. And, and this is uh, very common. Um, in fact, none of the modern claimed pandemics by the CDC in 1957, 1968, which supposedly an H3N2, 2009, and so on, none of them give rise to any excess mortality that you can detect whatsoever in any jurisdiction of the world. So whatever they are, these, these I would call them uh, pandemics of propaganda, uh, uh, they do not give rise to excess mortality, contrary to all the things that we know does give rise to anomalies in excess mortality. So that's very important. Now, when you study this kind of data, and we can we can go, we can show, um, um, we could show. Let's see, we could. Um, I don't know how what order to put this in. Oh, well, I didn't mean to divert you off to that. You, 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 we'll just put the slides up as you talk. So go back to your presentation. Right, and I've got a lot right. of a lot of questions. Just the point is, you've done the research, and 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 you've got yes. the spikes throughout history, and we know the many spikes, earthquakes or heat waves, and then and then boom, you study this, then we see the, the injections, and you see historically giant spikes going on. Yeah, but not related to any of the claimed pandemics. There, there, as far as I can tell from all-cause mortality uh, data that we've been studying extensively for a long time, there's no such thing as a viral respiratory pandemic, okay? This is really, really important in terms of mortality I'm talking about. So it's very important for your listeners to realize that the all-cause mortality data, when you study it by state in the United States or by country in Europe or even region of Europe and so on, 
that it it contradicts it disproves the idea that there was a virulent new pathogen that was spreading in the world there is it's counter evidence to the idea of a spreading new pathogen there is no such thing that would that is seen in the all cause mortality so we have proven that there that 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 nothing was spreading there are hot spots of mortality that occur that until you roll out the vaccines and then there's a large surge uh, an uptick of mortality to a, a domain of higher mortality so this is true even in india where you would think that something like this would spread according to the ideas of epidemiology there was no excess mortality in india until they rolled out the vaccines and they rolled them out 3 months later than everyone else so and then when they rolled out the vaccines it caused 3.7 million deaths in india excess deaths so there's more than half the countries in the world where they did not do these aggressive assaults and they had no excess mortality whatsoever until you roll out the vaccines and then you have these large peaks of mortality when you roll out the vaccines so this is um this is happening around the world now the other thing that's important is that there's no excessivity in any country anywhere in the world until the pandemic is announced so it's a political act of announcing the pandemic that created hot spots that that is nothing happened before that okay that's really important and then specific peaks of mortality happened after the pandemic was announced often synchronously if they were doing the same kinds of assaults at the same time so right after the pandemic was announced is a good example uh you know you have to understand that synchronous peaks in mortality around the world in a hemisphere is absolutely impossible if you believe standard epidemiological theory because when you seed a new infection it takes time an unpredictable amount of time before you get a surge in mortality and because that time depends on all the details of that society and and what the details of the seed was and so on so you cannot get synchronous peaks of mortality from a spreading disease no matter that there are airplanes flying around no, none of the modern conditions change the fact that synchronicity is impossible within the idea of a spreading disease so my conclusion in all of this is that a spreading diseases have never been a threat in themselves to any society in terms of causing mortality even the big uh epidemics and pandemics of the past like even the the black plague and so on are being reanalyzed now by researchers that I'm in contact with in Germany for example and um uh, it's being understood in terms of uh huge assaults against um the working class or the underclasses or the serfs and the people that were uh, affected by huge societal transformations like a change in regime a takeover a collapse in in uh the economy or sure if i could just add that my dad's yeah. dad was in the army air corps and so so before the war he was flying into germany bombing them but then once they went into italy and into germany they said okay well now you're going to be over uh, 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 he was the boss over a mess hall and a traveling thing to feed troops and what he said he saw was and there obviously were some forced labor camps and dead people but he said mainly because we know 20 something million germans died 
only a third of them so died in combat, it was starvation. And because people didn't have food, then a common cold would just kill them. And so that's what you're saying is you have World War I, mass death, sickly people, bad food, a depression, and then we see a spike, just like in the Great Depression here. I've seen some university numbers in the U.S. saying 7 million people died of malnutrition during the uh, Great uh, a Depression. So I think, I mean, everybody knows that. You don't feed the fish in your fish tank and they're not healthy, they suddenly, uh, you know, get some type of bacterial infection, grow stuff on them and die. Because, uh, you, oh, you went out of town for two weeks, didn't feed the fish. You come back, they have an infection, they're dead. I mean, it's real simple. Yes. And the, okay, so you talked about nutrition, which obviously is very important. Uh, but there's another big factor that, that, that is extremely important that, that's studied extensively in the scientific literature. And that is the impact of psychological stress and social isolation. Psychological stress and social isolation are known to be the biggest determining factors in terms of depressing your immune system and therefore making you vulnerable to every kind of infection. And so psychological stress, when you, when, when, when you lose your job, when the society is being transformed because of a war and so on and so on, um, that, that has a huge impact on your physiology and it makes you more vulnerable to infections, including children and so on. So that's very, very important, the, the psychological stress. In fact, I have argued from my social theory uh, studies that um, we inhabit, we always inhabit as social animals, we inhabit a dominance hierarchy. And that dominance hierarchy is maintained by constant um, aggressions by the dominance and and that aggression produces chaotic stress and that stress depresses your immune system to some degree and makes you more vulnerable so that's why the lower strata if you like of society the underclasses die sooner they die earlier that's the biggest determining factor is your social classes of how how old you're going to live and they're sick more often and this is by design in the sense that this is how uh dominance hierarchies among animals uh, maintain the dominance hierarchy is they keep the underlings sick, if you like. By the way, let me and just so back this, you up. Let me just, because this, yeah. this is so key and I'm going to shut up. Klaus Schwab in papers he's written in public statements says, we're going to stress the world to get rid of the old system and, and make a more angrier world. And out of that, we'll collapse the system and build on its ashes our system. And if you look at feudalism, which has been the most common form of government, whether it was in ancient Japan, Europe, the Aztec kingdom, Mesoamerica, the Mayans before them, basic mind culture is they kept the general public at near starvation under control. That's why royals throughout history are a couple feet taller in many cases than the little serfs because they've not gotten the nutrition they need, keeping them poor and starving and only on a tiny piece of land, you get executed if you're caught taking one of the king's rabbits or deer. That's done deliberately to keep them down. That's what you're saying. Exactly. You you have really uh, uh, dovetailed into exactly my thought here, but it's not primarily, it doesn't have to be primarily nutrition. In a society where nutrition and, and access to resources is a major effect, then sure. But there can be a society where it's not so much about nutrition, um, uh, but it's more about the actual stress, this random chaotic stress. It, you know, studies have shown that the stress to keep you in your place is more effective if it's irrational. There's no reason for it. And if it's random and um, th this has been going on for a long time, this is how you stabilize the dominance hierarchy. And so um, one of the studies that I rely on a lot was done by a theoretical physicist. Uh, and, and he did a study of what stabilizes society. 
when do you have a democracy versus a totalitarian system? And this was a theoretical physics paper that has had a big impact on my thinking. And it's it goes like this. I'll just summarize it very briefly. So what, what they found in this study that, that was published recently is that there are two parameters that control the extent to which the society will either uh, you know, run away to totalitarianism or can sustain democracy and a layered structure with class structures and everything for a reasonably long time. Um, and those two parameters are authoritarianism. And what that means in the model is um, if you if you are uh, fighting for influence or fighting a battle against someone who's more powerful, who has more social status, if the chance that you that if you will always lose as soon as someone has a little bit more power or status, then that's a very authoritarian system. And if once in a while you can win in court or wherever, then that's less authoritarian. Okay, so that's one parameter. And the other parameter is how violent the society is, which means when you do lose one of these uh, battles for influence and so on, a fight, if you like, in society. Doctor, we got a break. This is a hard you... satellite break. I want you to start over because everything you're saying, I'm a layperson, is making perfect sense. Defund the police, create racial division, put women in dresses in the military. It's all meant to stress everyone and break down the old society to bring in the new. You're totally right. Wow. I'm having an epiphany right now. Stay right there. 29 years on air, all I've wanted to do was warn the people about the globalist. And I've done the best job I can to tell the truth and been accurate, and we are on record as the most accurate there are. And I've tried to sell products to fund ourselves, unlike other communist revolutionaries that rob banks and kidnap people. We don't do that. We try to bring you products that really work. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm scared of this product. It's so powerful. This is the breakdown product after your cells process it of folic acid, methyl folate with high quality organic B-complex. This stuff is rocket fuel. It's not a stimulant. It energizes your cells and then everything else you take just supercharges it. It's so insane. It's foundational energy. The strongest formula out there at InfoWarsStore.com. It doesn't just energize this operation against the tyrants. It energizes you. Get foundational energy now. You're listening to The Alex Jones Show. Defending the Republic from enemies, foreign and domestic, it's Alex Jones. Dr. Dennis Rancourt is our guest here, and obviously a lot of people are tuned in want to get into the 17 million dead and the statistics and the numbers, but first he's giving you the history of it and, and, and really getting into why he thinks they're they're doing this. And now it's not just the shots, it's a whole psychological combination. But that's not his opinion, but 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 he goes into the science of it and, and what actually happened. They they said in Canada, the US, England, they the, the headlines, London Telegraph, you name it. Military secretly terrorized public to follow COVID measures. CIA paid off doctors to not tell the truth about therapeutics and to say that, you know, the shots were more deadly. And, and all these politicians saying it's going to kill 5 million in the U.S. and 500,000 in the U.K. to create that fear, then locking people down, putting masks on, massive suicide, massive divorce, masks giving you bacterial pneumonia, you know, all of this going on. And then you look at the destabilization and the admission, so there's different ways scientifically to look at this, but 
they admit, Klaus Schwab admits, we are trying to destabilize civilization. Like Yuri Bezmenov, the big KGB defector, talked about the Russian tactic in countries they were trying to exploit. Uh, and, and people say, oh, the Russians did it here. Well, yeah, but the Russian system got set up by elites in, in, in the U.S. and England, so they were kind of using technologies there to test it out on the Russians because they've been under a czarist system where mainly farmers. They thought these will be easy people to go control. Once they seize Russia, they then use it as an exploitation system worldwide. But Yuri Bezmenov talked about the demoralization phase, destabilizing, turning people against each other, undermining the system, and then they go through the other levels of this uh, and, and then finally, the exploitation phase, where they use the, the captured country to start projecting the power into the next system they're going to capture. I, I would use the analogy of a, a beekeeper. Goes in and turns on smoke to confuse the bees and distract them and make them be disoriented and, and trying to attack the smoke so you can go in and take all the honey. I mean, I think that's probably a good analogy. What do you think, uh, doctor, on that? And, and then let's continue. Okay. Well, let me first summarize what I've one of the main points that I've been trying to convey up to now. I would put it this way. All cause mortality and our several years of study in depth study has absolutely convinced us there was no pandemic in the sense that there was not a particularly virulent new pathogen that was spreading and causing death. That is not what happened. What happened was huge assaults against vulnerable people by many different methods. And every time you did that, you caused excess mortality. And all the countries where they were not doing that, there was absolutely no excess mortality, even if it was a jurisdiction that was right beside the one that was doing this. So this so-called virus or the virus would have had to be carrying a passport. It did not cross jurisdictional borders. And that is seen over and over again in maps that we have shown. So there were localized moments and points of high deaths directly caused by the huge assaults. So this is this was excess mortality always produced by attacks against people in various forms. And it's the vulnerable people, especially the elderly, the disabled and so on, who died in the greatest numbers as a direct result of those assaults. And the mechanism of the death overall in the U.S. is as follows. If you, we, we know that, that uh, social isolation and psychological stress that goes to the heart of your self-image, and this is what, this is the kind of impact we were having on people, that depresses your immune system, makes you vulnerable to infection. The most common infections in the U.S. are bacterial pneumonia. In fact, poor people in the United States traditionally get many more prescriptions of antibiotics because they're particularly vulnerable to that. There was a huge recognized epidemic of bacterial pneumonia in the U.S. The death certificates tell us that. And um, this was happening because they refused to prescribe antibiotics. Antibiotic prescription rates around the Western world dropped by 50% exactly when you needed it most, when you when you were um, when people were getting these infections. And so th this is the mechanism whereby they died, but it's the assaults that killed them. And so there's a whole variety of assaults. For example, in Peru, they called in 10,000 military reservists to go and find people in the countryside and everywhere and test them for COVID. And if they tested, they would rip them out of their families and isolate them. This killed, this, there's a huge peak of all-cause mortality 
in Peru directly related to that policy. In the U.S., the so-called vaccine equity campaigns that went in and got people that way, that directly caused a peak of mortality in the summer when you should never have one in the United States. In the United States, what we found was that excess mortality was highly correlated to poverty in the state. So it, in fact, it wasn't only correlated, very, very strong correlation, it was proportional to. So a state that would have had no poor would have not had any excess mortality. So this was a, 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 a major assault against people. And as a result, the most vulnerable were killed. And it's a huge number. Now that's before we talk about the vaccines. That, but that, but you know, the vaccines are part of this assault. Are part of you know, you're forcing them on people and so on. So you cannot dissociate that what's in the injection and the fact that you're assaulting people in this way and and inducing this fear and forcing them to have something injected in their body and so on. Sure. Well, coercing. let me just ask this then, because everything yeah. you're saying is true. I mean, they fund yeah. Black Lives Matter to riot and burn stuff down, billions of dollars, and kill a bunch of people. Same stuff goes on in Europe. They defund the police at the same time. Uh, they block, not just here, it was somewhat coordinated, but, but, but therapeutics around the world. They then have police out beating and attacking viciously from New York City to, to you know, you name it. Horses running over people uh, in Ottawa, just all of this. This was dystopia. On top of it, then they and you show that in your twenty-five minute presentation that I aired on my show last night that I posted on Friday. That you know, proud of the folks over at Real Alex Jones got like three million views, and, and because this is a war to expose this, but but then expanding on that, um, you then show the little bump from the stress, and it's still a lot of people have been dying, but little compared to the shots and. Uh, the mask and the lockdowns and, and all the social pressure. Others, this deadly virus and all the anxiety. But then the shots start. That's when you really get those big spikes. Yeah. See, I don't agree with the deadly virus. Our our work, I think, proves that you cannot believe in a deadly virus that was spreading and that was really causing the problem. So that's just the point that I have to insist on. But what's important here when you talk about the police and so on you have to realize that the medical industry itself is a much bigger killer than anything the police could do. The, you know, the, the third leading cause of death in Western societies is medicine itself, is the medical uh, establishment. Well, Doc, let me stop and, you. And, I want to be 100% clear. I, I agree with yeah. you that the death, because they admit it, was the rendezvous and the ventilators and, 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 and then just not letting people who just had regular colds or whatever have access, shutting the hospitals down, uh, sending people back home that already had a cold, not giving them treatment, waiting till it got worse. I mean, that was what premeditatively did that. I was just simply saying, you're right, I'm not a statistician, but it shows the, the little hump there from all that. And then 2021 comes around and boom, we see mass death. Well, in the U.S., it was not a little hump. It was very significant. So depending on the jurisdiction and depending on these aggressions, the, the, those initial humps before they rolled out were also very large. But let me insist on this. Um, medicine itself, the medical establishment, is a leading cause of death in the world. OK, so the so-called medical errors and prescriptions and the, the treatments that are traditional accepted treatments are huge killers. So I and, and this is well known. This is recognized. It's 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 recognized in the scientific journals to be the third leading cause of death in the Western world. Now, what I have argued is that that 
it's structurally made that way. Medicine, the role of medicine as an institution in our society is to maintain the dominance hierarchy, is to keep people sick and to put them in their place. It's just part of that institutionally. So, so medicine itself is already a big killer. So it's not surprising that a medical military campaign of this of this type would also kill. Um, um, you, you see, my point is that we can't forget that medicine itself has huge problems. And I would argue from a social theory perspective that medicine itself, that's its purpose. Well, you society. are definitely right that the more totalitarian a country, the bigger they have a medical tyranny. And the tip of the spear for the Soviets and the Nazis and the Chicoms and everybody else is medical tyranny. And now the UN has chosen this with their world treaty that takes over everything to establish a planetary dictatorship through medical tyranny. So I don't think that's debatable. That is public knowledge for people that know history. But I would argue that there has been for a long time a medical tyranny in the Western countries, including the United States. No, I agree, but now, now, now it's an expansion phase. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, definitely, it has shown uh, other dimensions that it, it didn't. It wasn't asked to play these roles before, but now it's taking a bigger place for sure. Um, so that's that's important. Now, I was I was um, on. I was explaining this thing about dominance hierarchy. Um, so I want to come back to that because I said that. Authoritarianism is this parameter that is a big control thing. So what's the likelihood that you can win a battle against a more powerful opponent in society? If you can never win, then it's a very authoritarian society. And the violence is, how much do you suffer when you lose one of these battles? So how long do you go to jail for? How big is the fine? That kind of thing. That's how violent the society is. So what's important is those two parameters control how quickly we run away and evolve towards a totalitarian state. And the problem is that the elites are always tweaking those parameters to their favor. So they're always changing the laws and having disproportionate influence, non-democratic influence to change things in their favor. And their favor is a more totalitarian system where they have all the wealth and most of the power and everyone else is underneath. So this is how, this is kind of like the macro look at society. And so boosters, um, you get these peaks or bigger peaks than you should have. And so we're able to quantify on a per dose basis, how many people do you kill with these boosters? And what we found was that it increases exponentially with age. And so a key graph that shows that in the, in the presentation there is, uh, for example, slide 23 for Australia and Israel. <clears throat> there it is. And so you can see that the toxicity of the vaccine on the y-axis increases exponentially with the age of the person being injected. And this is data from Israel and also from Australia for the, for the booster dose. So um, we, can, we can see this repeatedly. So you, you have to think of the vaccine as a toxic substance because the more injections you have, the more likelihood that the that the damage is accumulating and that will kill you more. So the, the the boosters we find are having a bigger effect than the first doses. And just like a toxic substance, the older you are, the more vulnerable you are to dying, to being poisoned in that way. And so you, you can really understand it that way. And based on all of this uh, study, and systematically seeing it virtually in every country where we have enough data that we can find it, we concluded what the average toxicity per dose was 
on the planet. And then from that, given that we know how many doses were delivered, we can calculate how many people would have been killed on the planet. And they would be predominantly older people. And we came up with that number 17 million plus or minus half a million. That's the statistical error on the average. So we believe that a, a large number of deaths, that many deaths globally, can be temporally associated to the rollouts of these vaccines. And that all the indicators are, all the scientific criteria for deciding if it's a causal relationship are satisfied. So there appears to be a strong causal relationship between you and Jack and you get these excess deaths. And that, 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 that's how we did it. And so we have studied more than 100 countries now. We have uh, graphs and graphs and by age group and by time of these peaks and what was done. And like I said, you when we see an anomaly in a country, we can go in there and say, oh, what were they doing here? So for example, and this is going to shock some people, but in Cuba, they developed their own vaccine and it turned out that their own vaccine is more toxic than the vaccines we were generally using. There's a huge peak of excess mortality that only happens when Cuba rolls out its own vaccine. And so there, there's all kinds of uh, examples uh, in the data of this kind of phenomenon. There is no doubt in my mind that there is this um, causal relationship that you can conclude from the criteria scientifically for establishing a causal relationship uh, between the vaccines and death. And some of the critics have said, oh, but those are just uh, COVID deaths. Well, why would you have a peak in COVID deaths precisely when you rolled out the booster everywhere in the world every time? And then they come up with these crazy theories like, well, they, they rolled out the boosters when they knew there was new variants coming out, and therefore that would that would explain it. So you have to start inventing all these scenarios for which there is no uh, concrete data, by the way. These are just invented scenarios. You have to start making excuses like that if you want to start explaining some of the features that we see in the data. And, and Doc, but, now we're talking to Dr. Dennis Rancourt, who helped lead this international group with such amazing information that pretty much mirrors the other organizations and groups and insurance actuarists and others that have come out and said, look, it's between 17 and 20-something million dead. Depending on how you slice it, you've gone with a conservative number here. What did you make, and I'm sure you've seen the fact that the man, Barry Young, in New Zealand, that was the only person over all the databases – and, and he had a government database of when they gave somebody a shot, money was apportioned to go to Pfizer. That was the majority of the shots given there. And then he could take the actual death numbers and he could place that over it. And, and lo and behold, it was almost all the people that had taken the shots that were indeed dying. So you can look at death exploding right when shots happen and say, well, that looks like that's the shot. But you get Barry Young's information, and from what he says, the only country where that's been released, they've now criminally charged him. They've not denied that he got the data or was the head guy. Uh, how important is his whistleblowing, and how important would other whistleblowers be coming forward? That's, uh, I, I would say it's very important. That's exactly the kind of data you need to go a step further. You need to know the people had who died, not only how old they were and where they died, but had they been injected? And when had they been injected? How many, what is the time lapse between the last uh, injection they had and their death? 
you need that data and you need it on a person by person basis. You need to couple those data sets. And that's precisely what we need. And that's precisely what governments, national governments, absolutely don't want any researchers to have. And they go to great lengths to, to, to prevent us from getting that data. So many scientists have been asking for that data, have been pointing out that this is the data you need to really solve this problem, and you can't get it. So it's a, it's a very important movement uh, to have whistleblowers like that who, who expose some of that data, even though it's, it's not complete for the whole nation. And you can, you can argue that there might be caveats that you have to worry about. Still, this is precisely the kind of data that one needs to go further and to really see, for example, if some manufacturers are more toxic than others and to see um, um, the, the age variation. I was about to and say, because it gets down to certain lots or even worse. We saw that here in the U.S. And just last week, they announced that Moderna's main plant accidentally didn't control anything and doesn't now know what went in. The headline was unknown substance in their shot. Looks to me like they're trying to cover their ass. Yeah. Uh, overall, in our research, um, the toxic law idea has not played a big role because we're looking at the state, you know, the, the scale of nations and the world. And we don't see those relatively small effects if if there was a bad batch or it wasn't well preserved or it was. But, and also we studied uh, the pro the proposal that there were actual toxic batches. But what we found instead is that those batches had been given at first to more elderly people. Ah. And we know that, that, that the death from the vaccine to more elderly people goes exponentially. So we were able to explain the VARS data, for example, in terms purely in terms of the age of who was being injected with that batch and how old were they on average and so on. So um, we don't put a lot of weight into this idea that sure. uh, people died uh, from the vaccine because of bad batches. No, no, the vaccine... I, I wasn't saying it was bad batches. I was yeah, just yeah, raising no, I that. Know, but I, I think some I... of them were might have been range finding and testing. But l let me ask you this before we go to break. Come back in the next yeah. hour. Looking at this and looking at what's happened now and how they're trying to suppress these numbers, just to just put you know putting your lay hat on. This is a regular citizen of the world, citizen of Canada. Do you think the establishment's happy right now? I see this as a devastating defeat of them. They got a few years of hysteria. They killed a lot of people. They hurt a lot of people. They admit it was a beta test now. Bill Gates has said this for a larger takeover. They want a global carbon tax. They want carbon lockdowns. They're all admitting that this was the beginning of their new build back better, their great reset. So that's not an opinion. They've said that, but it doesn't seem like it's going well for them and that they kind of jumped the shark. Hmm. I don't know. I, I might offer an opposite view, which is this military campaign of injecting everyone in, in their societies has been a great success. They they perfected, they got everyone involved, all the institutions, all the academics, all the media, and they had this huge propaganda umbrella, and it was a military rollout, and they did succeed in, in, in vaccinating everyone, getting everyone to wear masks. Uh, they They wanted to test to what degree they could actually convince people that it was that to let themselves be injected with a substance for God's sakes, and they succeeded. And so it was it was a, a, a successful experiment. They learned a lot from it. Um, they will, uh, I'm sure they'll adjust it, fine tune it if they want to do it again. But um, it's amazing the degree to which they succeeded. Now there's a lot of resistance and that resistance is clearly worrying them, which is why there's so much censorship 
and and why they go so violently after the organizers and things like that and put them in jail in 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 Canada anyway. And so uh, they're worried about resistance and they're worried about that. But, you know, I think that what's driving this is geopolitics. I think that the the U.S. losing uh, its grip on the U.S. dollar as the world currency and the ability to extract resources in that way, the 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 emergence of Eurasia, China and Russia and so on. These are the big forces that are at play here. And I think that the crazy people who want to keep doing what they do in the United States, the the elite, they want to make sure that there's no domestic resistance to the wars that they want to have. No, I totally agree. You stay right there. It's an excuse to set up martial law and shut down your political opposition. And and that's not your opinion. As you know, the Rockefeller Foundation in 2010 and others, Operation Lockstep, they basically say that. And and so that's what this is. This is a cover for martial law by another name, uh, Dr. Dennis Rancourt, very impressive person, uh, correlation-canada.org, and you can also find him on X, Dr. Dennis Rancourt, Dennis Rancourt on X. We'll be right back with hour number three. We'll talk about how we stop this because they are getting ready to launch a new one. 29 years on air, all I've wanted to do was warn the people about the globalist. And I've done the best job I can to tell the truth and been accurate, and we are on record as the most accurate there are. And I've tried to sell products to fund ourselves. Unlike other communist revolutionaries that rob banks and kidnap people, we don't do that. We try to bring you products that really work. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm scared of this product. It's so powerful. This is the breakdown product after your cells process it of folic acid, methylfolate with high quality organic B complex. This stuff is rocket fuel. It's not a stimulant. It energizes your cells and then everything else you take just supercharges it. It's so insane. It's foundational energy. The strongest formula out there at InfoWarsStore.com. It doesn't just energize this operation against the tyrants. It energizes you. Get foundational energy now.